Welcome back, everyone. This is Matt Pandola with the Pandola Project. Hello, Matt Pandola. This is Jake Parker. We're here with episode 60, your Monday motivation. We're going to talk about things like multivitamins and fibrous carbs and good fibers and ways to get them. But Matt, first, it's Monday. Happy Monday, obviously. How was your weekend? I heard that you were hanging out with our good friend, Chad Belding, which if you, listener, haven't heard yet... Chad was featured recently in an article by Muscle and Fitness, Matt. And hey, I heard your name got dropped a couple times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I'm very, very grateful. I get to check this off my bucket list. Thank you, by the way. A lot of people have been messaging me and congratulating me. It was a wonderful opportunity. I have to thank Chad Belding. I mean, he, the guy's loyal. He made sure that the editor knew that there were some things that he really wanted me to help out with when it came to the training edge and to be able to put that into the article. And because of that, we've had some more interest across the country and even the globe with Pandola Project, which is awesome. So in the article, I talked a little bit more in depth about how I prepared Chad Belding for his hunts. And we talked a little bit about his gym workouts and what he does for strength, and then also what he does for recovery and how important actually conditioning is for hunting, which a lot of people, especially with duck hunting, wouldn't think that that's necessarily as important as it is. But if you read the article, you'll find out why. And of course, you can link on in the article to the Pendola Project. It'll send you to my website, actually, which in turn, you can sign up for our newsletter and Pendola Project. And this article came out in Muscle and Fitness a couple weeks ago. But if you just go to our website, Pendola Training, dot com you'll be able to get to the article as well if you want to read that yeah and i love this article i love the guy who wrote it because he starts it off with a little bit of of humor he starts it off saying you might think duck hunting is all about sitting around in a field a dozen donuts at the ready while your decoys do the work i just think that's funny because knowing chad building and what a hard worker he is that is so not the case and that is a very demanding sport and and chad's dedication to it and to his training really shows that actually, Chad, happened to be our client of the month. That was really just a coincidence. Because he really earned it. He did, because he not only took the weight off, so over 40 pounds, but he's kept the weight off not just for weeks or months, but like I talk about, now it's been for years. And he, you know, there's always that little extra. We all want that little bit more, but oh, yeah. he has been there and within range and definitely what I think of as healthy and fit for at least the last two years or so. That's been very, very steady, no real fluctuations, and he's been able to maintain. So that's a good sign. That means that he's going to be able to maintain that health and fitness lifestyle for the rest of his life. This is the long-term approach for him. But originally, the way that he got that surplus, so in, we'll call it stored energy, right? Sure. He had a little extra stored energy. Mm, me too. Yeah, well, it's because, of course, when you're out there and doing your hunts and, and doing, a, yeah, you're sitting around a lot or you're traveling a lot to these hunts. And then of course, there's still the good old boy. We're going to go afterwards. We're going to go get ourselves uh, some fried foods and the whiskey and things like that, that I, I think it's fair that 
some of the things that these guys are used to eating and, and ingesting and drinking, you know, so you've got your whiskey and some of your fried foods. And in other words, yeah, there's some going to be some comfort foods, especially if you've ever gone out for a duck hunt, sometimes you can freeze your butt off and you just want something warm. I mean, mac and cheese and stuff like that. So it's, it's understandable that this can, this can end up putting on a few extra pounds and then making those choices most of the year, most of the time means that he can also have that choice to have a whiskey, have some, some macaroni and cheese, things like that, and not really feel bad about it because that meal itself is not going to change anything when most of the time he's making really good decisions about his long-term health and fitness. So very proud of Chad for doing that and for sticking with this for as long as he has. Way to go, Chad. And I appreciate that occasional indulgence as well, as long as your bases are taken care of, which I know obviously Chad does take care of all those bases and he was one of our early on episodes matt he was episode five the collector of people he himself chad belding and he's not only obviously a sportsman and you know a hunter and a a good client of yours and friend but he's also a hell of an entrepreneur he has so many irons in the fire and i got a lot of respect for chad because balancing all of those things and then being so concerned with your health i think a lot of people who are that busy health and fitness is one of the first things to go. So highly recommend you listen to that episode five collector of people with Chad Belding, because not only are you going to get some health and fitness like always, but Chad's got a lot of good entrepreneurial advice as well. And we should mention that Chad's also got a couple of podcasts, The Foul Life and This Life Ain't For Everybody. So check those out and subscribe. And while you're there, subscribe to ours in case you aren't already. And that brings me to today's topic, Matt. Is your multivitamin making you fat? And obviously we're going to explain what we mean by that. But first, Matt, I want to just clarify that we are talking about the multivitamins that are found in pill form or maybe shake form, you know, the supplement version of multivitamins. I'm not talking about the salad sourced vitamins, right? I'm talking about the things that sit in my pantry forever until a day comes along that I think I need one. Yeah, Jake, and I know that vitamins have come a long ways, especially when we talk about how we're going to absorb those multivitamins and what kind of bioavailability does a multivitamin have for you. We know that the old days of taking the Centrum pills where most, we've talked actually in a previous podcast about how most of these pills aren't even absorbed by the body. And in fact, sometimes very, very little of that pills to the point where it actually still looks completely intact. And we've actually seen that in sewer plants. So that gives you an idea about how much you're actually absorbing but there's some pros to taking your multivitamins. But first, Jake, let's talk more about why we take vitamins in the first place. Why is it that we're concerned with getting in enough vitamins? What is it doing for us? Well, first, I want to make it very clear that Matt and I are not doctors. We are not registered dietitians. This is just readily available knowledge, but I think it's pretty accepted knowledge that most Americans have deficiencies in their vitamin and mineral intakes and so we know okay vitamins and minerals are good for you well why and and my understanding of them is vitamins and minerals are sort of the keys that allow the nutrients to be absorbed and utilized by the body and billy haug is our sort of nutrition expert he's joined us on several podcasts recently he's not here today so we're going to do our best to make sense of it you know why he's an expert jake because he is a master of science 
Because he doesn't call himself an expert. Uh, he, it's true, man. He absolutely doesn't. And that is the guy I will listen to over someone who says, I know all the answers. Yeah, you mean he's not a chiropractor who's giving dietary advice like that is his specialty. Yeah, and that's a common case, man. I've seen it. I've heard it. I've been on the receiving end. And I'm like, you're not a, you're not that kind of doctor. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why, but it seems like this is in the last six months to year of my career, this seems to be a coming up more and more where doctors, they have that that doctor name. They're outside of their scope though and speaking about something like nutrition because it's not actually anywhere near their specialty, but they still talk about it like it is. And um, I don't know why I'm not trying to pick on chiropractors, but seems like that has been more and more of the case with clients of mine that are seeing chiropractors, which there's some people like in every profession, I think are very notable doing it right. I have a lot of respect for chiropractors who do it right and stay in their lane. But of course, this is a field that is very specific and it's not that they can't give nutrition advice. Obviously, anybody can really give their opinion on things too, but I think it's because people perceive them as, well, this is Dr. So-and-so giving me this nutrition advice, so they must know what they're saying and they must know they're right. A shout out to Dr. Faramond, who he may be listening. He's my doctor and I love this guy. He actually spends more than 15 minutes with me when I see him. And in fact, he's always just curious. He's always asking me questions to just learn more himself. And I, you know, I love that he kind of gives my experience that kind of respect. But of course, I have a lot of respect for him. And the last time we talked, he was saying, hey, if you have any good advice there, or any good studies that you want to send my way, I'd love to read them. I'd love to know more about this subject when it comes to nutrition. He really wants to be able to give his his clients better advice, but not come off as being the guru himself in something that he doesn't specialize in. He specializes as a GP. So that's something I have so much respect for him. And, you know, any doctors that are trying to give the best advice they can, but not coming across as experts in that particular field, I think are doing it right. That sounds like you got a winner of a doctor, man. I haven't had that experience. I, I Going back to the chiropractor, I was seeing one um, a few months ago, and by the end of our session, which wasn't very long, he was just pumping patients in and out, and he recommended a yoga regimen for me. And I'm like, dude, you met me like five minutes ago. Why are you recommending exercises to me? Happens all the time. I'm just... If it works for you, we were always preaching this, but of course... When something works for somebody, and it might be a doctor that this particular diet is working for, then they're just preaching it. They're excited about it. And yeah, it may, might have worked for you. But again, I think that that's where you're really misleading people at times because you are a doctor. They're going to automatically assume that means that you've done the research. You know what's going to work for them too. And I don't think that's right. That's right. just my opinion. No, I agree with you, man. Doctors, you, you, I respect the fact that you got that, but stick to what you specialize in. So Matt, getting back to the multivitamins, I think it's also fair to say that in our modern nation, we have ready access to lots of different kinds of foods, but 
to make them available on store shelves, a lot gets done to them. And I think they are commonly depleted of a lot of their natural nutrients. And that's one of my reasons that I, I once looked to multivitamin the supplements to make up for that because I knew that the food I was getting, if even if it was quote-unquote organic or, or whatever, it was still from a grocery store, still came in a little plastic container, and I'm thinking, this probably doesn't have the vitamins and minerals that I really need, and I wanted to try and supplement that. You mentioned organic. I think we have to do another podcast on how important is it to have organic food mm-hmm. and, and whether or not it's really organic mm-hmm. in, in the true sense of the word. But but with the vitamins that you might want to take in, for example, this is just one thing that comes to me. I do take vitamin D3 mm-hmm. and I do take magnesium citrate. Mm-hmm. I have very specific reasons for that. And I will a shout out to Dr. Naomi Albertson, who in her supplementation recommendations, she usually does talk about and include those vitamins. And of course, this is in part because it's really hard to get in enough food from the sun. Mm-hmm. So vitamin D3, for example, and magnesium citrate, especially as an athlete, it can help me to perform a little bit better. And then this is where I would love to bring up, for example, a bro science type of thing. Oh, yes, please. Right? But then, but I I will fully admit, I don't care if 10 studies come out tomorrow telling me that I'm wrong, I'm still going to do it. So this is a good example. When I take magnesium citrate, and I actually learned that, from another doc, Mike Nelson, who had a very strong influence on me. And it was one of those things that really turned things around for me as far as muscle cramping and just overall fatigue. I was able to do a lot more after a few months of getting on this supplement. And by the way, when something doesn't just like necessarily work immediately, And if like something like caffeine will say, obviously you're going to feel that right away. Yes. But also it tends to me, at least my experience again, is that when something like that happens where it's working really, really well, I might not want to take in caffeine very often because I'll build a tolerance to that caffeine. And now instead of 200 milligrams, I might need 300 milligrams. And all of a sudden it's not so good anymore. Yeah. So this is a good example to me about when you have something that works immediately versus something like turmeric or Mm. these, these kind of things that you can take in to improve recovery. It usually takes longer for it to sort of build up. It doesn't have any huge significant differences, especially not right away. So yeah, in general though, Jake, what I would say is there's only going to be a few supplements that I will take no matter what. And why? Because it's worked for me because I've been using it for years and years and years, and it's always served me well, and I've never had any issues, any toxicity. I've been able to maintain good homeostasis. So when I talk to one of my athletes, I may say something like, this has worked for me. Again, 
maybe an RD is listening to our show. I'd love it if you wrote in and, and let us know. But Sometimes we may be saying things that you disagree with. Mm -hmm. I'd love to know what you disagree with and why. But what I do know is that I'm not recommending anything that is not my scope, but I can say I have seen this, I have felt this, it works for me. And that's what I can say with an honest approach and without having any other kind of script in mind or I'm not trying to sell something. There's no advantages for me in telling somebody to take vitamin D3, magnesium citrate. It's just something that I believe will serve my athletes. So I will tell them that is something that has worked for me. Now they can try it. And if they have tried something like that and they enjoy the benefits of it, they can share that with their peers. But I really like to try to advocate here, Jake, is that when it comes to other things that are maybe a little bit more specific, just because it may be working for you, it almost becomes like a religion, right? We've talked about this before with diets. Like, It doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work for everybody. And we can get back to the magnesium citrate just to give you a really, I think, fundamental example of the magnesium citrate. I would really say that it's worked well for me and it's something you may want to try if you're listening. But I can tolerate up to, say, 1,200 milligrams of magnesium citrate. Now, that's the number I can tolerate. And in general, I would take about 800 milligrams. So between 800 and 1200. A lot of people, 400 is going to be enough. Okay. And if people take 800 or a thousand milligrams, something like that, they might be jetting over to that bathroom real quick. (laughs) Okay. And so again, this is what you have to understand about any of these type of things that we're talking about is you've got to introduce things into your system and realize that how it's going to work for you may be different than how it worked for me. And we're not necessarily going to be on the same milligrams. We may be different weights. We may have different activity levels. There's a lot of things with that. And even again, how many calories I'm taking in overall in a day versus somebody else, that's going to factor in with a lot of these types of things. So we want to make sure that you are taking in some of these ideas, but make it work for you. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons I like how I I think you and I in our professions have both Yeah, I wouldn't say I've recommended things like foods and supplements because that's not my lane. But at the very least, we know how to at least arm our clients with knowledge so that they will have more success on their journey to find their answer. And that's my problem with, I'll just call it out right here. I heard on a podcast once that everyone should be on vitamin B12. And so I almost got in the car to go get vitamin B12. And I stopped myself and go, what the, What am I doing? Who is this guy? He doesn't know me. Who is he? And he was a doctor on a reputable podcast saying every person should be on vitamin B12. And I almost bought into it, Matt. So I see the power that that MD behind that name really carries with it because that advice was probably not right for me, but I thought it was. Yeah, and just remember that Even vitamin C can be toxic and dangerous if we take too much of it. Yep. So there's there's too much of a good thing. And when we have multivitamins, 
it is possible for us to overdose and get in too much of something like that. So, so there's all different kinds of brands out there. There's multivitamins made for athletes and for elderly and men versus women. And it's, and, and it's really, to me, I made the choice personally that I wasn't going to use a multivitamin. This is the name of our podcast is do multivitamins make you fat? Right. Of course, it's a little bit of clickbait. I have to admit that this is something that I know would spark an interest, but there is some validity behind this question. The question is based off of when you have a multivitamin, does that mean that in turn you don't feel like you have to have as much of your greens or as much of your salad, as much of your fruits, right? Or in other words, you're missing out now also on fiber. Huge part of the whole equation. And I can answer for myself. I think the answer is yes. For a time when I was taking multivitamins, I did consider like that box is checked. I'm good now. And so... Not necessarily that I could eat whatever I wanted, but like if I was, say, crunched for time and I had, you know, a burger sitting in the fridge that I can stick in the microwave or have to make this fancy salad, I would go for the burger and think, oh, well, my my multivitamins, those are taken care of. I don't have to worry about that today. Yeah. So, Jake, for me, I like to think about how I'm going to get in my big ass salad And that is something that give credit to Mark Sisson. I think he brought that out to the masses a lot more with his system. Now, for me, again, that's just an example of something that I took away from a system that I liked parts of it. Maybe there are parts of it I felt like didn't necessarily work as well for me or my athletes. So it's a good example of how that his system may work really well, especially for some aging athletes and people in that demographic, maybe more so than some of my other track and field athletes, et cetera. But there's some really good information to be taken away with that type of influence, right? So with the big ass salad, what I'm really trying to get my athletes to do is make sure they are getting in enough soluble and insoluble fibers during the day. So Fiber is, is, is a part of everybody's nutrition. It's going to be in a lot of your foods, but the more that foods are processed, the more it's been taken out. And of course, it drives me a little bit nuts because I just, again, had an athlete tell me today about a shake that he was told to get on where he's going to essentially get the vitamins and minerals from specific vegetables and fruits that are supposed to be in the shake. And then, of course, with protein. But you're taking all the fiber out. If you're juicing it or putting it into a shakeable form. Yeah, and if you're putting something like that into a shake or or you're extracting the juice and you're even removing the the fiber, which, you know, that's like that pulp that you're going to find that's not necessarily a bad thing if you have a reason behind it. Like, for example, I'm on the track, I'm doing intervals, and I want to get some quick energy, and I'm taking in some, maybe it's apple juice, maybe it's something that is going to give me some, like a, a banana is great, but not everybody can even ingest that when between intervals. Mm-hmm. I know I can't. So you have to find something that has some 
potential energy for you can serve your workout right away. So I can get that. I can get on board with that if that is the purpose. But a lot of times, and in this case, that wasn't even the purpose. It was just get up in the morning, make this, and it's going to set your whole day up for success. And I just shake my head at that. And say, I said to my athlete, I said, well, why can't you just put these things into your salad? Why can't you just have this as part of what you actually eat? Why do you have to drink it? Is it a convenience thing? It could be, and, and I get that. But in his case, it wasn't. He had the time to ingest this and get this into his system in the morning. He he wasn't hitting the track first thing. He wasn't doing anything that required him to get that immediate energy. And really, I think that getting, for example, that soluble fiber in, that's so important. In fact, he's going to get a little bit more of his short chain fatty acids by doing that. And, and in that process, he's more likely to be satisfied. So he's not on a caloric restriction. This particular athlete, though, wants to stay lean for his sport, but obviously we want to eat as much as we can instead of drink things. We want to eat things and feel satisfied and not feel like we are dieting. So to take the fiber out makes no sense to me. But what I focus on a lot more, Jake, is with your fiber content there's it billy's much better at studies than me right oh yeah he's great but i was telling you earlier i know for a fact that most people who are taking 35 grams of fiber or more a day they're more likely to be satisfied they're more likely to be in the demographic of a more optimal body fat a healthy range in body fat and in other words if you're getting in enough fiber you're less likely to overeat so how many grams of fiber are we getting in? My pet peeve a lot of times is that people are counting all of their macronutrients. They're paying a lot of attention to how many carbs they're taking in. So I say, okay, you're counting your carbs. Fine. How many of those carbs are fiber? Right. So many people's eyes will just glaze over when you even tell them that fiber is a form of carbohydrate. And that was one of the lessons that I got from my misadventures on keto, Matt, is when someone who was kind of advising me on how to do it, incorrectly, by the way, but they were telling me, um, yeah, you've, you've got to cut out all the vegetables. That's, that's carbs. And I'm like, what? How can this be good for me? What do you mean I can't eat broccoli? Because apparently, you know, that'll, you eat too many vegetables, you're going to go over your, your keto limit. And... I said, well, that's another reason. Let's chalk that up in the, the con column. Not worth it anymore to me because I, I love my veggies, man. I do them every week. I, I do like a big batch weekly and I take them for lunch every day. This is great to focus on, Jake. How many fruits, now remember, fruits are important too, mm -hmm. and vegetables are we taking in? And that is in turn going to help us to actually absorb all of our nutrients a little bit better and increase our likelihood of staying on track with our plan. So this is also ipso facto an energy system support mechanism that we're really talking about. So when I see fiber count and I say, how many grams of fiber are you actually taking in? First of all, full disclosure, I don't count my calories. 
I have in the past, but I don't like to do it. I feel like it's you become a slave to it. Yeah, it gets real old. But like I've talked about before, I think it's good to know about what your range is and to get a set point so you can have an appropriate caloric deficit or surplus. And th- that's to me, going to give you eventually the mental flexibility you need where you don't have to count calories and you can really go more off of your gut. But again, if you're not taking enough fiber, I feel like that can throw your gut off literally and figuratively to where you're more likely to overeat because that gel, that soluble gel that comes from having the fiber, that obviously helps to slow the absorption in your GI tract. And that that in itself is so powerful for you to be able to use that energy throughout your day. And also making sure that we're taking in plenty of water. So when we drink enough water and the general rule of thumb is we're going to have half an ounce per pound that we weigh, and that's not including what we are sweating out when we are training. So enough water is really important. And a lot of times, especially in the winter, we tend to get dehydrated. We don't drink as much water. So we have to remind ourselves of that. But that being said, fiber will definitely really help to do its job with enough water. And of course, there's plenty of water, especially in your fruits. So let's not forget that your fruits and your vegetables are super important. The sugar, by the way, the fructose in fruit. <laughs> this is another important experience point, Jake, that I would like to relay about fruit. Oh, good. If you take six oranges and you were to squeeze those oranges into a glass, you're probably going to get about your average full glass of orange juice. Okay. It's pretty easy for you to just drink that glass of orange juice down. Very easy. Are you going to eat six oranges? Probably not. Right? Because again, the fibers in there, you're going to feel more satisfied a lot sooner. You're going to fill up your stomach And instead of having the orange juice, you can have an orange in a full glass of water with it. And in turn, that's going to help you to feel satisfied, but also to give you great energy. So you won't overdo it that way. So I think the likelihood of overdoing it on fruits is really diminished if you're actually taking in the whole fruit and not turning it into some kind of liquid or a shake. And to talk about like two birds with one stone, man, those fibers also act as cleansing agents for your GI tract, right? And what happens in the GI tract? That's where nutrients get absorbed. I'm not a doctor, even I know that. And if it's, you know, getting cleaned, then not only are those veggies and fruits giving you the fiber that you need for lots of reasons, but now your GI tract is cleansed and you have more absorption of the vitamins that are also in those foods. So magically, you're not going to need to eat as much as you would have without those fibers. Right. And as I mentioned before, 35 grams per day or more is a good general goal. Of course, it does matter how many calories you're taking in. So another number that I did look up that you could refer to is approximately 14 grams of fiber per thousand calories that you're taking in. But again, because I don't count calories myself, I say, keep it simple, stupid, right? If I'm not going to count my calories, first of all, are you going to eat your big ass salad first or are you going to eat all of your starches 
first. That's important because how hungry you are at the beginning of the meal is going to change and what you're eating first is very important. If I had any advice, I'd say eat the stuff that'll fill you up first if you're you know, on a, on a deficit-focused plan. And chew. Put the fork down, chew. Yeah. If you just put the fork down, that's a piece of advice long time ago that my mother actually gave me. Good advice. Say, put the fork down, Matt. Chew your food, right? So you're chewing all your food, then you pick the fork up again. If you actually do that instead of having it ready like a shovel, that's going to really help a lot in registering whether or not you're full. Because people sometimes eat so quickly that they don't even realize they're full until later. And then all of a sudden, oh, Uh, (laughs) we both do it at the same time. I've been there. We've all been there. We've all been there. I mean, certainly I've shoveled food down before myself. And so if you are taking your time with your food and you're eating it slowly and you're chewing it really well, have your salad at least intermittently throughout your dinner or your meal that you're having at the time. I like to personally make sure that I get my salad in and then if I have something that's a little bit more of an off meal, especially, I'm probably going to have less of it. Or when it comes to starches though and starchy carbs, that's also not necessarily a bad thing because I want to talk about just getting in enough starchy carbs where you are satisfied because there is a certain mechanism that's going to say, I need carbs and my brain wants carbs. That is a very real thing to me. I think that people are much more likely to stick with their plans if they get in enough carbs. And we've talked about that with our podcast with Billy. Yeah, that was number 54, Matt. That was another Monday motivation, keto myths and truths. So listen to those podcasts for more information on these subjects as well. And of course, we'll have Billy back in to talk in more depth about these subjects because I know these are hot topics. You guys definitely throw in a lot of good questions to us. And we're trying to make sure that Billy comes in armed with good information to serve you guys. But ultimately, I want to think a little bit more about having fun with my food, right? That certainly helps because you really don't want to have to hate what you're eating. Right. And so when I say having fun with my food, like, no, I'm the days of me creating characters out of my mashed potatoes. I mean, those are long gone. Oh, well, speak for yourself, man. Spaghetti monsters happening all the time at my house. <laughs> Play with your food. And, and you know, when I was a kid, it was about spiraling the spaghetti all the way up my fork. Uh-huh. Not just, not just in the bottom end of the prong end of the fork, but all all the way up. I saw that done <laughs> once and I just was obsessed with trying to do that. And when I say have fun with your food, I mean, I think that too many times we forget there's lots of great herbs and spices, things we can put on our foods to to, to add some texture, some flavor. And uh, the, anything that you want to put in that's going to get you excited about eating your food, but that's still healthy for you, there's so many options there. You can get creative. Obviously, we can research what recipes would be a little bit more conducive for our palates and our taste buds. And I know that this would surprise some people, but with the fiber conversation in mind, having something like raspberries, okay, which is going to give me a lot of bang for my buck when it comes to fiber. I like to have my berries. I'll I'll have raspberries, but I usually just get like a berry medley. So strawberries, raspberries, uh, blueberries, you know, that, that, that is going to be a treat because I actually 
like to get that sweetness. And the more that you adhere to your healthy lifestyle choices, the sweeter fruit starts becoming and tasting, yep, right? The absolutely more we get true. away from the artificial. Great dessert. And people will always look at me crazy like, no, really, all I want is like some fruit or berries for dessert, but that's all I need. But that being said, I'm going to steal a little tip that I learned actually from Jeff Cavalier. I don't know why I didn't think of it myself, but he says that he all, and this guy is like super lean if you ever look him up, right? He's super lean year round, but he puts whipped cream on top of his fruit or, you know, on even other things like his oatmeal. Okay. Just to add a little sweetness to it, but he's taking about 10 to 15 calories. That's it. And, and it sweetens it up enough, but it's all air really. Right, Jake? Yeah. I mean, if it sits out for a bit, you'll see it. It just condenses into a little blob and it's kind of small. My thought is that if that's going to get me excited about having my treat and I'm not going to go to something that's really off my plan, not again, I might have some ice cream on a Friday night, but I'm not going to have every single night. I'm not going to have these off foods. I know that I still deserve to have something I look forward to though. And so with any of this stuff, this is kind of starting to go more towards that conversation of why do I desire these other things? And I think that hunger really does drive us. So I'm trying to push the fiber conversation because I've gotten more and more feedback from people that really don't take in enough fiber. And once they do, everything else becomes much, much easier. And so building a plan for yourself, if you're going to count anything, I would say count your fiber right? And, and really just pay attention, see what you're taking in. So last little bit of an example for me, Jake, and I don't know if you have some to give, but if you get popcorn, there's, well, first of all, there's skinny popcorn, mm-hmm. which I don't actually recommend to people because if you read the label, you're actually getting in a lot more calories than you think. And so they call it skinny pop or the rice skinny pops or, or just rice cakes in general. It has less than a gram of fiber in rice cakes, by the way. And I asked people, why are you eating it? Well, because it's good for me. It is? Nah. What's in it? Yeah. What's in it is good for you. No. I don't really get that. I don't understand that. That's it's If you're, again, competing and you want, so, and you can easily digest rice cakes and you're going to have something like that between events and for some reason you prefer that, maybe that was some banana and some peanut butter and you're making yourself a, a sandwich or, you know, okay, I, I guess. Yeah, I, I've used it for that just like as a delivery system, you know, yeah. just something to put the other good food on. Right. It's kind of crazy because there's very little benefit to it. And p- most people don't really like it that much. And they, no. it's like, have you stopped to read the label? Because there's not really that much benefit to it. But anyways, getting back to the skinny pop, that's very misleading when you read the labels and you're actually getting in a bag of skinny pop can give you a lot more calories than you thought you would get in. And yet you were taken in because you thought that it was better than having, say, some Doritos, which it's not necessarily better. And so this is where I say read your labels. But if you get uh, popcorn, like I just got myself some popcorn the other day. It was um, it's lightly salted. It still had butter flavor. 100 calories per bag, though. 
of microwavable popcorn and of course, small bags. So they're just already kind of setting that serving size ahead of time for you. Mm -hmm. And with those hundred calories, you're getting, I was getting, I think it was nine grams of fiber. That's a lot. Right. And for that small of a serving. Exactly. And because there's that fiber in there, it's really going to help with my satiety. So again, you know, this is something that I'm just able to munch on with getting in enough fiber in my day. This also sort of ensures that I'm getting in enough fiber. And so I get the best of both worlds, but a lot of times I'm just bored. So I'm, I'm watching TV or something and I want something to munch on. Mm -hmm. That's a, that's a good alternative rather than grabbing those bag of chips. And even my wife will buy chips. So instead of grabbing that bag of chips, Jake, which Again, like I was looking at my favorite type of chip was a dill pickle flavored chip. Gross. Okay, I love it. That's man. your it's, favorite? Yeah, yeah. They're, oh. the, the the potato chips. Now they're 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 kind of thickly cut and they're dill flavored, and I I love them. But guess what? Rocket science here, right? G- grab yourself an actual pickle, uh-huh. which is actually got a lot of good benefits to uh-huh. it in itself, and then have some popcorn with that. And you've got yourself a pretty good <laughs> snack, or at least I discovered mm-hmm. it. I, it definitely satisfied. It gave me what I wanted taste and value-wise, but also satisfied my hunger. And even when I'm just eating because I'm bored, at least I'm not getting in too many calories that I don't want. And I'm actually upping my fiber content, which I do want. So I think it's a win-win. So have those things available and ready for you. And um, yeah, hopefully today, what you started to think about is the fiber is really important. And I believe that we can get a lot more consistent with our nutrition and our goals when we take in enough fiber and we don't rely on a multivitamin to get in what we need, excluding fiber that we do need. So to sum it up, Matt, does your multivitamin make you fat? No, but maybe the way you think about your multivitamin does. Come in. So let us know if you like topics like this or you have more questions or comments, pendolaproject at gmail.com and find us on Facebook and Instagram as well. Yeah, man. Remember, every day, not just today, is your chance to get more fiber. Thanks for listening.